Listening Dog Media. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Here. Breathtaking. Like never before. Hello and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman. We're joined by the only goalkeeper to ever win the Premier League. Player of the Season Award, Mr. Peter Schmeichel. Proper goalie. Siemens, legends of the game. There he is. Hey! <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> Where are you? Are you Denmark? Yeah, yeah. I'm home. Is that home now, um, is it? Yeah, yeah. I've been for 15 years. I've been here 15 <laughs> years now. Enough. And so how long have you been retired? 2003. How long have you been retired for? How long have I? I retired in 04, so 17 yeah. years. Yeah, and yeah. I was 03 the year before. Right, yeah, yeah all right. Well, yeah, I took yeah. over from you. So it's 18. <laughs> 18. Do you miss no. it? I... No. No, I'm you? I mean, no. <laughs> exactly. We did it. We did our stuff, didn't we? You know, we did. and I've not, I've, I've not missed it since day one. I was, no. I was ready. Yeah, I, I was, was forty. As well. Yeah, your yeah, body was, tells you, doesn't it? I was coming up to forty as well. Yeah. So I, I, I retired in what was in May, and then I was forty in November. So oh, I was ready yeah. as well. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about going into back into goalkeeping at all? Because that. 
No, because I'm I'm doing. I've started going back to Arsenal, but only on you know when I get a day off or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, just to have a look at the the young goalkeepers and and then watch the yeah, first yeah. team goalkeepers. And I just and it just seemed the reason that I do it is that you know I just want to try and give something back because yeah. between us, between me and you, we've got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously you're passing a lot of yours on to Casper, who's obviously uh, you know doing yeah. very very well with all that. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, um, and, and not because it, you know it's not that I'm going to bang on about the book, but I put I put certain things in that book, which is um, it's also to give something back because you know at the end of the day I left Man United, and when I made that decision to leave Man United, um, I was not in the right frame of mind. I mentally, I know now with the experience I've gotten live now. I know now that I was both, I was probably stressed, um, proper stressed, um, uh, and, and you know, that, that uh, definitely I was not in the right mental frame to do any, to take any decisions of any kind of importance. And I did. And, and uh, as you're looking back and as you're analyzing your life, trying to look at, yourself from 30 years ago or 20 years ago of course with what you know now and the experience you have and the maturity and the more calm you said that before you've got to relax you know with all that there's a lot of things there that you think mm, not so great I actually mentioned you I said I look at I look at David and I'm I'm seeing this calm guy and I'm envious <laughs> jealous how can he do that because I couldn't I could not do that um but then I also, I, I come to the conclusion that I couldn't have done anything else. I couldn't. I, I had to be the way I was. And I think I was so intent uh, and, and being in, in the World Cup in 98, having gone into July, you guys have won the championship. So we had to qualify for, for, for the Champions League via the playoffs. Um, and that was already four weeks after we got knocked out. So no break. And I, I mean, everything just sort of, uh, collapsed inside of my head, and and so I put that story in there, and I'm very I'm very open about my feelings. I'm very open about my findings as well, for the sake of anybody else finding themselves in that situation. At least that will give them, uh, it will give them, uh, you know, somebody who's done that, looking back at himself fifty years or thirty years later or twenty years later, however long it was, it would give them. A, some kind of idea of, you know, of what to do and what not to do. And one, I, I didn't speak to anybody, for instance, which is, I mean, today, you know, it wasn't really the thing back then, though, was it? it there wasn't so much talk about mental health yeah. and what it does and for also, you. And also, think about it. I, I wanted to be this big, strong, tough guy, the guy that they could never, they, you know, no, couldn't crack me. They, they no chink in my armor house. You know, couldn't I? Couldn't. I couldn't show emotions or being sensible or, or not sensitive, sensitive or I couldn't, I, th- I, I thought that would be, that would be looked upon as a negative where I know now it wouldn't, you know, because yeah. I only have, I only have to see if all the times I knocked on Sir Alex's door and said, you know, this or that, he was always there. So, even in that season where I already decided to leave, I knocked on the door and said, I need, I need a break. And he gave me 10 days off. 
So there would have been some kind of understanding, but I was too proud. And that's why I, I put that in the book as for inspiration uh, for anybody who will find themselves in that situation. And most players at some point throughout a career that lasts for eight, 10 years will find themselves in that kind of situation. So it's the same thing, David, you know, you give, give something back. Um, So I understand precisely where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, and that's why, that's why I want to, I want to go in, you know, I want to have a, have a chat with the young goalkeepers and, it reminds me though of a, a funny story when I when I went to Man City just after you and and Casper was there as a, a as a young lad, and um, and we were we were training together and he and he caught this ball exactly how you used to catch it. You know, he used to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to him, "I went, Casper, you can't catch it like that." And I went, "Oh, your dad catches it like that." No, it's all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I find it interesting with uh, with. Um... With, with goalkeeping, how how it's been viewed on, but it's very still even this many many years after, you know, we played and the game changed. The game changed when we played. The rules changed, yeah. and we had to adapt. And now it's now it's you know you are as a goalkeeper, you're an outfield player who has an ability to keep goal, and still all these sort of biases and stereotyping ideas are around that you can't do this you can't oh he saved the ball with the wrong hand and I'm like no he saved the ball he saved the ball exactly oh oh um, that was unorthodox no it wasn't (laughs) it's not oh you know you can't be beaten by your front post or stuff like that I mean hmm have you ever been in goal when you say stuff like that? And so yeah. move on to, you know, who's the best goalkeeper? And, and I always go into this long, long talk about you can't say who the best goalkeeper is because it's all about the team they play in. And you take the here and you take Edison, the two Manchester goalkeepers. They could not play for the other team. The way they yeah, play true. will not fit into the way the teams are playing. You know, the here couldn't play like Man City are playing. That's not his game. But you could probably break down certain attributes of a goalkeeper. Like we always talk about here, the, the distribution of um, of Edison is fantastic because he used to be a, you know, a midfield player. Um, and that's probably a little bit stronger than De Gea's. So could you break down like not who's better, but their the sort of skill sets within the man themselves? That's precisely what I'm saying. You have to look at, you have to look at the way you want your team playing. You know? So, for instance, if we take Arsenal, so I don't, I don't think the German goalkeeper is very good on his feet. I don't, I think he's quite, I think he's quite, uh, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not, he's not Testigen or Neuer or he's, he's not at that level. It's just a little. He, he might be five percent less than them, but it's enough for the other team to know that that might be a problem. So he's been put under different kind of pressure will which will eventually create mistakes he will make mistakes yeah. I think with Allison, it, it, it's kind of the same I think he's gotten a little bit better now a little bit more careful uh, after a few mistakes that he's made but you need if you want to play in a certain way you need your goalkeeper to be playing a style that fits it and not everyone can play 
the way that Edison plays for Man City. I mean, Edison, it's ridiculous. The way yeah. the little one twos in the box. I mean, I've never seen that before. It's brilliant. It's absolutely. <laughs> and how calm is he when, he, how calm oh, is he when he's doing God. it? He gets the ball. He gets the ball on the goal line in the goal and just does that. Whoa, whoa, you know? It's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, so but you, like, like I know what you say though about about goalkeepers that, that are not good at their feet, and the the one that highlighted it the most for me was Czech when he was at Arsenal. All right, you know, because they they started to ask him to play out from the back, and he couldn't, and and he was he ended up putting himself in trouble more more than what they were gaining out of keeping possession. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's at stages like that where I think, well, you know, the experienced goalkeepers have got to say, right, no, I can't do that. I've got to clear it, but. Yeah, but with uh, with with Edison, it's just it's frightening it's to watch. Another level, isn't it? Just yeah. as well, and I think Neuer and Jan Sommer from uh, from Borussia Mönchengladbach, Swiss goalkeeper. There are a yeah. few out there. I think that kind of separates himself from from the pack, which is. But they are they are just they are outfield yeah. players, really good outfield players with yeah. with the talent for goalkeeping as well. Uh, what, what made but, me laugh, Peter, was that um, they when when they talk about, oh, do you think you could play out from the bike, and you know, out 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 the bottom goalkeeper does it now? I keep I tell people, I said, hang on a minute, we had to deal with the new back pass rule. Mm-hmm. We did. <laughs> that we was did. hard. It, and it's interesting. I, I mean, I I, I try to duck those questions because it's it's the same as uh, you know, could could this Man United team be? That minor, you can't, you can't, you can't no. go across generations because it's different. You know, today the technical level is just so so high across the board. It's incredible how many really, really, really good technical footballers there are in the Premier League. Anyone, everyone can deal with the ball in any kind of pressurized situation. I'm not saying that anyone could do that in our time, but we played in a different way. We still had high high tempo. We still had very high technical skills, but maybe on fewer players. I don't know. I don't know what what is better. Is it better now? Is so you can't really compare. Um, and I think the, the modern days of goalkeepers they've sort of grown into this, you know, having to be as good as the outfield players as well. Yeah. But as you said, we dealt with that, and I think. Yeah. We, we, I think what what happened was that the guys who could actually deal with that, they carried on, and the guys that couldn't, they didn't carry on. You know, it became they became sort of more lower and lower league, like natural selection. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like natural selection, they just kind of got weeded out. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I've, I like to think that. In in the equivalent environment, I would have been okay with 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 this game here, yeah. but I don't know. I can I can hardly kick a ball now, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Honestly, it's horrible trying to kick a ball now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Priya, I've got, I've got to ask you, what, what was your most... I think I know the answer to this question. What was your most memorable game against Arsenal? Seriously? <laughs> what, was, what was your most... Well, I know, maybe not. Because that... Oh, I mean, the second semi-final was incredible. Yeah. I think the first... <laughs> I think the first semi-final was incredible as well. People forget yeah. that because of what happened in the second one. But I think that, I mean, our teams, our teams were just fantastic teams. But if you look at the players we had in those teams, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud that I, I actually always say that that's probably the best game I've ever played in, that game. Just for you. Know, you. Those two. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But somebody had to win the game. Somebody had to win the game. And somebody had to come up with something which is out of the ordinary in order to, to, to tip the balance. And Ryan did that. Peter, I just want to get your thoughts on, some I'm a United fan myself, I want to get your thoughts on the current situation. And obviously, you know Ollie personally. How do you think he's getting on? No, I, I, I think he's getting on really well. So, yeah, I mean... Manchester United is not a football club. It's an institution and people live lives, they breathe lives through, through Manchester United. And it's something, we, we, uh, we pride ourselves on our history. So we always look to history when we need a little bit of comfort. Uh, and we have great history. And we also have some very traumatic history. And people have literally given their lives for this football club. And that is something we need to respect. But we also need to draw conclusions when we look at our history. So. What has been our most successful period? Well, it's been in the times when we had managers, one for 25 years, the next one for 27 years. And they were given time to build that empire up. We, for some reason, we now think that we can change our manager and everything will be better. We gave David Moyes not enough time. I think he would have been good. I honestly think Moyes probably could have steered the ship in the right direction had he been given a bit more time I, I think for, yeah, you don't know but he's gone on to do really good things with West Ham so you know he is a good manager is West Ham the same level as in the same kind of club as Manchester United you can argue that it's not and then you can argue that it's probably an easier job and the expectation and so on I don't know time will never tell us because that opportunity has gone I just didn't like the fact that we became a club that, you know, had such, such little patience and just dismissed the manager like that. There's no doubt that, that David came in and did things he probably shouldn't have done. You know, he, he came in, he wanted to be the coach, for instance. And the manager of Manchester United don't have time to be the coach. I know that's what he wants. Coaching the team, that's, that's his case. And I, I, you know, I respect that. I appreciate that. But when you're a Manchester United manager, you you need you need to spend your time wisely. You know you gotta know everything about every player everywhere at Carrington every day. You know you gotta have a you know a finger in everywhere, an eye in everywhere, an ear in everywhere. You gotta understand everybody's situation at any given time. That is the art of being the Manchester United manager. You need to develop for what's gonna happen in seven years, and you also need to keep an eye on what's gonna happen in seven hours. So you can't you can't spend you know, you can't spend prep time preparing for training and then doing training. And at the same time, 
you know, have enough time to go and watch all the other teams play. You can't do that. I think that was a that was where he, he went a little bit wrong. And that meant that so many other things weren't weren't happening. And also he was unlucky. I think he was incredibly unlucky. David Gill left at the same time as as um as Sir Alex. You know, the two of them had been running the club for a long, long, long time between them. And David Gill, vast of experience, someone who could advise him uh, on, you know, on, and, you know, put an arm so, around. I mean, it, it was, it was club job. politics, really, I guess. Sorry? The club pol- I guess it was club politics and how, how the club was run from, well, probably most other clubs up and down the country. I don't, as you say, to be being honest, I don't think there was a policy. I don't think there was a way. That had all been created naturally by Sir Alex. So he was running it. He was running whatever he said. That, that's that was well. You it, can just you know? see from the from the quality of you know, Van Howe going in, and, and yeah, you know, no, it was never going to be point. easy being that's the next guy. Yeah, you know, let's just throw that headline out there, Ollie out. Yeah, fine, but then what? Then what? Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Gallagher? Oh, yeah. Mourinho. Where do you think Ollie is with regards to? Because you, we're we're very lucky as a league to have some incredible yeah. managers with, yeah. uh, at some some big teams with like Tuchel and uh, and Pep and Klopp. Oli obviously hasn't really won anything yet. No. Where where do, where is he on that scale of is he ever going to win anything with these guys in the Premier League? Is he the man to do that or is it still more of a future well, you thing have to keep un- him in there? This is a this is a point I'm always trying to make. You have to understand you're dealing with people. You're dealing with people who's got contracts who are making a lot of money who are at Manchester United. You come in, you've had two managers who, I don't, two managers that didn't really care about, you know, the framework of Manchester United. They care about the here and now and how many trophies can I put on my CV. Not about what's going to happen in 10 years or didn't really. They, they, one of them felt that he was bigger than the club and that we should be so grateful that he would spend his time with our football club. And that's not how it works. There's no no one bigger than, than the club. No one can I wonder be who you could be Manchester. talking about. <laughs> Sorry? I wonder who you could be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but but both of them so David Moyes didn't have time to sign other than Fellaini, and I don't think I don't even think that was him. But both of the other two managers signed players. Both of them. So when Oli came in, there were still players from that time on, on, you know, on big money, long-term contracts that Oli might have been looked at, looking at and thinking, hmm, but let's, uh, it, this is just an example. It's, it's, not, it's not something I know, but let's just say that you have, in the 25, you have 10 players that you as a manager coming in know that you cannot use, that you not build anything on. You can't just let 10 players go and bring 10 players in. It has to be one or two at the time, you know? It has to be. And then, then you know, certain players are more than footballers to the football club and to the business. So a lot of politics comes into it as well. And I think he's done well. I think he's done well. He's been very specific in the players that he wants. Uh, he's got most of them. I think he's slowly building a really, really good team. I can see where he needs to to build more, but he's doing it at a good time. And I think 
Finishing second yes, uh, sort of last season was that was a really, really big achievement. I think it was. Uh, I know we don't collect second plays. We don't think a second as anything special. But at the moment, the competition is so much stronger. Um, I think the signing of Ronaldo is fantastic because that gives us goals and assists more. If he can add just 20 to what we already have, and, and I think that is a very, very conservative number, just 20 in goals and assists, you know? That's that, huge that over the course of a season. A, sorry? sorry? Uh, that's huge over the course of a season. But it is. It yeah. is. So you can say yes. Uh, Ronaldo's 37 years of age very soon. He might not be there for the next 10 years. I can't quite convinced that he won't. But it's Ronaldo, so you never know. But he's an but, injection. But he's something that... Yes. For the short term, you bring somebody in who is that good mm. at that age, who has the longevity of Cristiano Ronaldo is just incredible. The way he looks, how fit he is, how he's conducting himself. And I think having that in the dressing room to mirror yourself up against as a young player... That will move them. So for me, that's clever. And it's also clever because it'll give him, it'll give him goals. He might not have the, the play in the way we want to play right now, but it gives him time to build it. So he needs to find one or two other players. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the number six. And I think the club has always traditionally always had a strong player or strong players in that position. And maybe we need to find you know, really big leaders in that. We got Harry Maguire in three years ago. He has grown into becoming a very, very solid player and a great leader. That's what we needed. And you see when he plays next to Varane, well, suddenly we look solid. So all of that, all of that is happening. And it, that my point with this long talk is it takes time. So when, you, when, you, when people are screaming Oli out, Right. People have a right to have an opinion, but then bring a suggestion in. Who do you want somebody who two years before the country, uh, two years before they already announced they're going to leave in 2023? Do you want somebody like that? Whilst we're on United, I just want obviously being uh, probably the greatest keeper that United have ever had. What's your opinion on the situation at the moment with um, De Gea and Henderson? Is that situation? Well, uh, just in terms of like. Is it to have a keeper who's probably an, is a number one elsewhere, and he's not getting the games? Does it? Would he stay? Does he stay? In your opinion? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, for me, it wasn't the greatest situation to create for himself when uh, when Ole announced that he had two number ones because it, this is a very personal opinion I've got of it. For me, you cannot have a competition situation on your goalkeeping position because the one thing you don't want your goalkeepers to do is to go out and try and prove how good they are. You want them to be steady, just do the job like your man David there just did all the way throughout 20 years, just absolutely rock solid, just trusting, being trusted by everybody to do that job. And we know, because we've been in that goal, we know that we are going to make mistakes. We know that we're going to make mistakes that cost goals. Um, and, you know, mistakes that makes us look silly. All of that. We know that. But if you have, if you have a, com a competition situation and you make a mistake, 
uh, and you then know, or because you've made a mistake, then the other guy will get the chance for one mistake. That is a competition situation for you. Then um, I can guarantee you, you will make the next mistake because your concentration is gone. And that, that's what goalkeeping is all about, concentration and being rock solid. And I'm so happy that the, the hair has come back to form. It's, it's, not, it's not a coincidence. It's when, when the defense works, the goalkeeper also works. He's protected now. So they know how to play in front of him. They know what his strengths are. And they play him good, if you know what I'm saying with that. And he then supports them. It, it is, at the end of the day, it's not really rocket science. But to create that situation was, I think, a really, really big mistake by Ola. I think it was. And then you have somebody who, uh, who's English. And you know what happens in England when somebody is half good or really good? You know, the media go absolutely bunkers about them. And they keep banging on about it. And they create this situation that it's not going to go away. Ole cannot make a choice. I mean, here's probably, if he's not the most expensive player in the Premier League, He's at least one of them. You can't have a goalkeeper. You can't pay him that much money and then put him on the bench. At the same time, you have somebody that the media wants in that goal uh, for whatever reason. So, you know, I think Ollis come out quite uh, okay this time. He's not had Henderson on the bench every time, but he's played the hand in every important game. And, but and if I you think, are Henderson, if you are Henderson, do I'm you not, go and look for first team football I'm elsewhere? Not. If I'm Henderson... I probably wouldn't have signed that contract, if I'm honest. There we I go. wouldn't. Yeah. Because, right, so you have to look at the market, right? Okay, so I signed the contract and I'm gambling on the hair leading. But where could the hair go? What club in Europe who plays in the Champions League, plays for the, uh, for the championships, could pay him that amount of money? It's not there. Everyone, every big club got goalkeepers. So he couldn't go anywhere. I would have looked at that. You know, and then there might have been opportunities at uh, uh, the next level clubs, you know, that would have been more beneficial for him. He's only young, you know, he, three, four years. I mean, his time at Sheffield United has done him, done him uh, wonders. He could have, you know, signed for somebody else um, and played and then developed yeah. himself in that respect. I, this is me. I, I don't criticize him. It's not, that's not me. People make choices. I said this. Absolutely. And it's just your take on those. Yeah, book, absolutely. In my book about, yeah. you know, I look at it now. I'm 57 years of age. I, age I, I look at it now in a different light. I've been advising uh, my, my son on, on these kind of things for a very, very long time. So I kind of know the goalkeeping uh, perspective in this. I know mm. how difficult it is to find you know, the big, big team because everyone is covered. So, you know, it's, it's, how, it's how you, it's your own choice at the end of the day. Peter, for, for me, I think, I think the biggest decision that you've got to make is that you, you have got to play. And no matter really? where that, you have got to play games because you can train all you want and you'll never get as much experience as what you get out of games. You I know, so you completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. If you if you take my son, for instance, who when people when people look at his career now, they they say, Oh, it didn't get started and he got moved from club to club to club. No. Casper actually took every opportunity he could to play. So 
So he yeah. went anywhere for any club who wanted him. He would take that uh, that opportunity and play games. And I think of all of those places that he's been, is what he's he's drawing all the benefits from that now. That experience, that understanding. When you play, you know, he was at Barry twice, for instance. So you play, you play with teammates who are depending on the bonus to pay their mortgage, or a manager who is depending on on the results to keep his job, so he can pay his mortgages. You know, it it kind of it kind of puts you in a different situation than playing in you know the reserves on the twenty threes because there's no pressure there. There, you learn the pressure, and I think. I totally agree with you, that David. You know, you got to play. It doesn't matter if you're a goalkeeper or you're not a goalkeeper. You got to play. That's how you learn the game. Yeah, and that's that's how I learned when I when I was I was at Leeds United. I was only reserve goalkeeper. Then I got I got released at 19, and I went down and played at P- Peterborough, who were in the fourth division at the time, and and I went straight into the first team, and I was playing against men, and that's yeah. that's what. You- you know, at least I was playing. I, I was getting smashed everywhere, but I had to learn quick. <laughs> and and you know, it, you can't say more than that. That's how you learn. That's how you. That's how you. Uh, you know, it, and and it's. I kind of hope the loan system carries on, and 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 I know they're trying to sort of cap it in a way, and uh, because they're trying to cut down on the number of players a club can have uh, on a contract. But the loan system is a very, very valuable educational tool for for players. I, 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 uh, I've done you know I've done a lot of talking in the last two weeks in, in regards to the book, and I talk about David Beckham. I say in the book that when I look at that crop of players, I didn't really see David being one of the most dominant players. I never saw him becoming, uh, you know, what David Beckham is to the world today. Um, and then he got. Then he took a loan deal at the Preston, and he was at Preston for six months, half a season. And and he left as a boy. I said, I say, he left as a pretty boy, and he did. But he came, he came back a man. He came yeah. back, and you look at this guy, and you think, whoa. And in in that period, that made him, that made him, all the training he had before, you know, that was the that was like the basics of what he did the rest of his career. But mentally, that period at Preston, that was what, what made him. And, and, you know, David Beckham, very, I mean, you played with him for England. Very, very underrated player in terms mm-hmm. of how people look at him because he's got this other image. But my God, what, what a joy to play. You know, when he gets a ball, you know he's going to cross it. You just know, and you know that that ball is not going to be blocked. He can bend it around the corner. And yeah. someone like Dwight York, I've never, I mean, there's a lot of guys there who caught on to that, but Dwight York was the quickest I've ever seen to understanding that. And top of my head, I think Dwight scored 30 plus in his first season. I think he did. I know Fanisroy yeah. says the best players ever played with in his life is David Beckham, because all I had to do was just to run there. And then I scored. And then my numbers went up. David Beckham, unbelievable. But that, that came, that came from, from being out alone. I think had he not had he not gone out alone, I think he would have struggled a little bit with understanding. Um, I think he eventually would have got there. I have to say that because he he's also he, you know he's a clever boy. He's not he's not a, you know he's not stupid or anything. But it would have taken him longer time. I think it would. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, Peter, what's your feeling on on Ronaldo? Because when when I first heard that he was going to go to City, I was like, no. You know, obviously me and you played at City and I was thinking, no, don't go there. You know, so at some stage United are going to come in for you. And then when he went back, I, I, I was so excited. I don't know. I, what was you feeling? I was the same. Absolutely the same. I never thought for one moment that Man City was, was going to happen. I think I think that was a clever, clever plot by George Mendes to get this deal over the line. I think it took it took a little bit of time. They've been talking for a long time and took a little bit of pushing at the end to make sure that it happened. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited that he's back in the Premier League because I think you know the Premier League is the best league in the world and we should have the best players. Mm. There, there was talk about Messi getting uh, going to Man City, and even though I would have hated that, but to have Messi in the Premier League that would have been something just to see how good. Would he actually be in the Premier League? Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo, obviously, he's, he's, I won't say he's grown up here, but he's been here before. Uh, so I'm, in, I'm never in any doubt that he will be able to manage at the same high level. And I think Messi would as well. But uh, that would have been interesting. Um, but I love the fact that he's back at United. Absolutely love the fact. It's created such a buzz around the club. And it's giving, you know, that, that thing that we hadn't had for going on six, seven, eight years. Yeah. We haven't had this. We have that now. Yeah. I, I was at the game against, uh, they played against Everton. Uh, so that the last game before the uh, international break. And I, as I'm walking in, I sent this atmosphere that people are actually going there to watch Ronaldo play. And I come in, I was doing a lot of media work before the game and everyone's like this until the team came out. And then it's like, what? He's not playing. It was like yeah. anti-climax and it was, People were so disappointed. And that, of course, wasn't great because I, I wanted to see him play as well. But it also told me that we have this back now. We have this player. People will pay to come and see him. Like they would pay and come and see Canton to play, for instance. Man United always have those, has those kind of players. You know, the Bergkamps, Thierry Henry, all these guys that people will want to see one time in their life. And they go out of their way to to get to Old Trafford or, or um, to the Emirates. We, I mean, we were saying on here how good it is for every team. I'm <clears throat> I'm a Saints supporter. I love the fact that he's back in the Premier League. I just think it's fantastic that you know it's just good for football. It raises the tide for everyone to see a player of that ilk back in this league. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it is. But, it's exciting. I did soccer aid, and um, and Darren Fletcher was there playing for the rest of the world, and he w- he was telling me that like not it's not just the fans; it was the actual players couldn't wait to see him in training. They said that they were so excited about it. Of course, this is what he brings. He's a 
he's, he's 36, isn't he? He's, get, he's getting to 37 yeah. now. I mean, he, he he looks chiseled. We saw that when he scored that late goal in the in the in that game in in Europe the other week. He, he he's he's fantastically fit, and the reason he is is because he takes his he takes his football so seriously. He he you know he eats, sleeps, and he drinks and trains football. Uh, his whole life is about that. And and when you, I remember when Eric came, Eric Eric infused something different into our dressing room or into the mentality of the whole club um, because he was different. He did things in a different way. And, you know, before you knew it, uh, you know, some of some of the uh, the younger players were just starting to do that. In, and they were still in developing. I'm talking about, you know, the guys you've played with as well, Nevs and um, Scolzi and Beckham and Nicky Barr. They looked at Eric and they started to do some of his things. And I think they they had with Eric Harrison they had an incredible footballing education, and I think there was something like maybe ninety seven percent ready to go out there. But those three percent they came from Eric the last bit, which made them just a tiny bit different to mm. other players that they were up against in other teams in the same position. And it's the same with with Cristiano. You know, you're a young player in that squad. You, somebody like uh, Jaden Sancho, for instance, it's a big, big, big price tag for him. And it feels a bit heavy for him at the moment. But he will look at this guy and he can say, if I do something like along those lines, you know, I can be as good as him. I have all the basics, but I can be as good as him. And that might take him, you know, two, three years to sort of catch on to that. But then that gives him maybe 10, 12 years after that. So, this is what he gives as well. So I understand that, boss. I, w- I was like that when I heard it. I'm like this, celebrating, running <laughs> around like crazy in my garden, even though I can't run, but I did. <laughs> right, Pete, I've got, I've got one last question for you, and I ask this to all my guests. Who was your team as a child? Who did you support? Manchester United. Did you? <laughs> right from the beginning. Whoa. From the very moment I got... I was aware of Manchester United. Uh, sorry, aware of football. It was Manchester United. All my friends were either Bayern Munich, Liverpool, uh, Leeds fans. Some of them became Nottingham Forest fans because they were doing well. Um, yeah. And I was the only Manchester United fan. And again, sorry about sorry for mentioning the book. But one of the reasons that I did the book was to find out a lot about myself, and I really tried to find out. Why it became Man United, I've got a clue, but it did. <laughs> well, I've, I've always been Leeds, so we were always rivals. You were? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you from up there? I'm from Rotherham, yeah, near Sheffield. Are you? Rotherham? Yeah. Ah, yeah. the New York City Stadium, is that what it's called? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Rotherham. Ah, I didn't, know you, I didn't know you were up from up there. Do you, do you, yeah. still, do you still have Leeds like that? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, it's 50-50. So what happens when they play Win-win. <laughs> yeah, and, and Arsenal are going to play Leeds in the, uh, in the League Cup soon. You know, so it's, yeah, it's okay. Isn't it? Well, I've got one on Saturday. It's uh, Leicester Man United. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, I know where you'll be. I always, I have, 
it's here. My son, yeah. first and foremost, you know. So, yeah. But it's a, it's a terrible, terrible day, regardless. <laughs> can, we, can we get a prediction then? For that game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't do predictions. <laughs> I don't do I don't do But that's not good. That's not good for Man United, is it? Great for oh, by the way, have you seen the... the you seen that Denmark qualified yesterday, right? Yeah. So, uh, David, did you see? Uh, so they they played eight games. They won all game, eight games. Have you seen the goals? Twenty-seven nil. No way. It's not conceded a goal. Twenty-seven nil. It's not conceded a goal yet. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Wonder where he gets it from. <laughs> Good defenders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, modest. <laughs> well, Peter, we've, we've, we've held you for a long, long time now. So, uh, we'll, we'll thank you very much, you guys. Out. It's been amazing. Thank you, Peter. Amazing. Yeah, thank uh, you. See you around. Take, take care, care and say hello to Frankie. You're, I will you're, do. You're tech, uh, you're tech girl. You're girl, exactly. Look to the family, mate. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, 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 bye. This is a Listening Dog Media Production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.